Hello, and um, welcome back to the Skulls and Dollars podcast with H&M. It's just Miss H checking in today. I um, want to send a special shout out and big hug to Miss M. She lost a former student at the University of Virginia, um, where I know several of you heard about the um, mass student that was Sunday night. One of those is actually one of her students, um, Lavelle Davis Jr., and he, along with two others, Sean Perry and Devin Chandler, were also killed, and two others um, were wounded. Mike Hollins, I think he was a, another player and another coach. So just definitely keep her in your prayers and all the Woodland High School family and all the families affected by this tragedy. Uh, one thing that we often talk about on our show is getting – you know, ready for college, but there's some things that you really can never prepare for. So um, we definitely want to make sure we keep all of them at the University of Virginia, um, all of the families and the high school students who were affected. I mean, they were um, young people with a lot to live for. So definitely, definitely keep them in your thoughts and prayers. So hopefully we'll have Miss M back. But, you know, never fear, Miss H is here to kind of keep it going. Last week we talked a lot about uh, scholarships. Um, we had an episode to drop on this past Sunday where Miss M went over several scholarships, a lot of those big ticket scholarships that students are going to be looking for over the next couple weeks. Um, scholarships that kind of close early, so keep that in mind, but scholarships worth a lot of money. So if you have, like, for example, um, students who are interested in engineering or students who are going to meet requirements for Pell Grant or students who are going to meet the um, those National Honor Society scholarships are open. The National Honor Society scholarship can be up to $25,000. So if you have an active student in NHS at your high school or um, you haven't heard much about the scholarship, oddly enough, students at my high school have not done that scholarship. They typically do the Beta Club scholarship. So we want to make sure that we have it where, you know, you can take advantage of both. So you have students in NHS, have them look at that scholarship, the application and essays are up now, and uh, there's quite a few who are going to be available. Um, I mean, more scholarships are going to be available in the next coming weeks. Uh, Jackie Robinson, Dell Scholars, Ron Brown, and then that Amazon Engineer Scholarship were some of the ones that you talked about. Um, you're going to start to hear back from some of those other scholarships that uh, had deadlines earlier in October, so keep your emails um, clean. I always tell students, you know, drop off some of the things you aren't looking at so it doesn't get so busy. There's a lot of emails coming in, particularly from colleges, um, and those scholarship offers. Some of them are lingering in those portals, so you want to make sure that you have those in the portal. You have your logins available. Now is the time to go ahead and get notes pages set up so that your notes pages can have your passwords to everything. Um, you know, give them to somebody else, you know, like your parent and student or your guardian or whoever's helping you with the process. I'm going to be honest. I got some emails that open up to, you know, I have access to on my computer that are some students that I've been working very closely with over the past few years, and we don't want to miss anything. So I know that Miss um, M talks about with her daughter, they have a set-up account that they both can share and look for that information. So don't be ashamed to share that information. Now is the time to get focused and ready to, you know, make that full ride possible. A couple of things I want to go over um, after that scholarship. So now we're talking about big-ticket scholarships. We're talking about money that can be made um, by you and by your student for getting excess money. We're talking about getting the FAFSA done and then seeing who qualifies for Pell Grant. Um, as those Pell Grant results or as those results from the FAFSA come back, you'll start to see 
you know, what your EFC is. And so a lot of people ask us questions. And so I know that in our inboxes, Ms. M and myself included, have a lot of questions about these terms that are financial aid terms that are coming out and people are getting these letters and they don't know what they mean. So when we're talking about your EFC, after you get your FAFSA, if your EFC is zero, that means your estimated family contribution is going to be zero. A lot of times, like I think about the EFC for a lot of families is actually an amount, right? And it might say 14185 But, you know, that's an estimate. And that's that estimated family contribution. There's no way saying that we know that you can give that exact amount per year to the student. But that's where that EFC it comes from, the um, amount of money that you pay out, amount of money that you receive in. It could be from, um, you know, military or other benefits, child support, and those things you may, um, that's going to impact your EFC. It could be, um, you know, both parents' income or however you file. So keep in mind how you file at this point. So we have people who don't have seniors right now. FAFSA is going to look at the way you file for the two years prior to um, applying and doing your FAFSA for that first year of college. So you want to make sure that you are looking at all those things when you're looking at trying to have the best package for your students. So I've seen some things to happen. There are scholarships associated with getting any amount of the Pell Grant. It may not be full Pell, but there may be some scholarships or some uh, merit-based money, a need-based money available at the university that you plan to attend. So make sure you have access to, access to those portals. Make sure you're logging in and checking. They're sending emails every day. And a lot of those emails are no longer coming to your private email accounts. They're going to specifically to that portal account. So a lot of colleges, as you have gotten accepted, are creating an email for you or for your student, and that student can log in and check their email there. So make sure that you have access to those portals. You're not getting those notifications that you might have gotten before, like when you're in the application process. Once they've accepted you, you're starting to get those emails directly to the portal. So make sure you log into the portal. I can't say that enough. Make sure you're sharing those passwords. Make sure you don't forget those passwords. Uh, you definitely want to make um, every effort to get as much money as possible. Uh, so we talked about EFC, then that SAR, that's the SARS report, SR report, that's the student A report. So colleges will ask for those things. A lot of times scholarships, as you're doing the scholarships, particularly these uh, big ticket scholarships, they may say, well, we need to attach a copy of your student aid report. They want to know how much money you're going to be eligible for or how much money you're going to receive or how much money your family is expected to contribute. So that goes back to that um, EFC, the estimated family contribution. When we're looking at scholarships, when they're saying scholarship award, merit-based award, that's typically your amount of money that you're going to receive. Now, that could be a um, monetary reward or award um, that's kind of thinking $500, could be $1,000, could be $20,000. That award is given to you um, regardless of the amount of tuition. So if tuition is $50,000, but you receive a, a letter or email that says your award is $16,000 a year, that's not necessarily covering that full tuition. So keep that in mind as well. Um, that commitment from the universities is going to be something that's offered. Look for dates. Look for dates. They may say, well, we're going to offer you $16,000 until January 1st. If you commit by January 1st, you can, you know, secure that amount and you can secure all this other funding. And colleges do that. Remember, it's a business. So they do that to make sure you're committing early enough and they can kind of get the numbers for their class. So make sure you definitely, definitely um, look at those dates. Read the fine print. I can't say that enough. You want to read the fine print to make sure you aren't missing out 
on any opportunities. Um, the cost of attendance is really important. So universities will say, um, now you're getting into the part where you're getting accepted and you can look in and see, okay, um, they have all these like net price calculators, right? And so the net price calculator is going to give you that cost of attendance. In that cost of attendance, um, it's the average cost for a student to attend that institution for one year, typically. Some schools do it by semester. And that includes the cost of tuition and fees, books and supplies, room and board, transportation, and personal expenses. So I always tell students, yeah, you can extract the personal expenses. Um, you can extract that transportation and that kind of gets you in the books and supplies and that gets you to the actual cost of attendance. A lot of schools will pad that number so that, you know, you can work to get more scholarships and it helps, but you need to look at the actual cost of, cost of attendance that only includes that tuition, room and board, and your fees, okay? So the fees are important. Those fees could include insurance, um, technology fees. Um, some universities have fees that include, like, athletic participation, I meaning if you're going to go to these football games, and that's built into the tuition. And a lot of people don't know that, and a lot of people are like, well, I don't plan to go to all those football games. Well, it's built in. Transportation around campus is built in. When I was in school, I went to a larger school, so – you had to have the transportation from class to class. They had buses and those things. Those transportation fees were built into, um, you know, your tuition and fees. Some colleges require you to have that insurance, so keep that in mind. Some colleges are going to require you to have um, a certain level of shots, um, and your medical um, background is going to have to be reported and turned in. So you can go ahead and start looking at those things now to kind of get yourself prepared for going forward. Um Think about your degree programs and then how long they're going to take. So if you're looking at tuition for a typical student, it's four years, but the average student no longer graduates from college in four years. So you're looking at four and five, um, four and five years, four and a half years. Um, I graduated personally in December. So uh, make sure you're looking at that and the cost of attendance and how much you want to pay going forward. Uh, these bachelor's programs also have plus one programs that will get you the master's degree in one additional year. And even some programs have a built-in doctoral program where students can get, um, say, a four plus, plus three or a four plus two program where they're able to receive like occupational therapy doctorates or they may build in a nurse practitioner program. Um, as we go on to the next part, think about, you know, whether a two-year degree is op your option or your best option or an associate of arts or associate of science, or if it's even necessary for you to continue on to a bachelor's degree based on your interest. Um, before we get into the next part, which dependent and independent students will take a minute to hear from our sponsor. You. Yes, you. Did you know you have the unique ability to positively impact a child for life? It's true. Becoming a licensed foster parent means your ability to make a life-changing difference in the life of a child is a certainty. Hi, we are Family Preservation Community Services, a private nonprofit foster care agency that works in both North and South Carolina to help children have loving and nurturing home environments. Do you have an extra bedroom? Do you have the patience to help mold and shape a child who may be a little shy and reserved due to past neglect, abuse, or other traumas? If you answered yes to any or all of the above questions and feel you are that somebody who has room in their hearts to foster a child, then please give us a call right away at 
782-3424, extension 11 or 12. Or visit the website. That's fpcscorp.com. We know becoming a foster parent is a deeply personal decision. So we greatly appreciate your consideration and we can't wait to hear from you. Special shout out to Family Preservation Services. I think um, it's an interesting segue on into talking about, you know, dependent and independent students. So um, our, you know, foster care system could use your support. So if you know anybody um, who could benefit, who could help out, um, definitely give them a call, follow them on social media and um, make a difference in someone's life. Independent students dependent students so now right now we're looking at how you fail as a student right so you think about what a dependent student would be uh students who you know are living with their parents grandparents or anybody who claims them fully you want to make sure that you're you become a dependent dependent students have to um file their under their parents or guardians independent students uh, meet that Federal definition, and so that definition could be students in the foster care system, even students who um, are McKinney-Bento are deemed um, homeless or moving from place to place. Um, those students can qualify for independent status. Uh, emancipated minors can also, um, you know, qualify as independent students. Keep that in mind when you're filling out the FAFSA because you want to definitely um, – maximize every opportunity to get as much money back for your students or get that student paid um, to go to school or even just pay for them to go to school. So keep that in mind as well. Um, Need is the amount of money you actually need. So need-based scholarships uh, come after you take away your expected family contribution and then the cost of attendance, that's how much you still need, right? And so that's where you're going to get those need-based scholarship offers. So Definitely keep a lookout for need-based scholarships versus merit-based. Your merit-based scholarships are going to come from your ACT score, your your SAT score, your, um, I guess, opportunities to do community service and things and ways you contribute to the school population and then just com- in the community, as well as your GPA. So those merit-based scholarships are oftentimes given or offered prior to um, even there being any need established so keep that in mind so a lot of you have heard back with need-based not need-based I'm sorry have heard back for a merit-based scholarship just based off you turning in your transcript and so that's where that comes from um, as far as your unmet need that's what you have left over and we have to figure out how to pay for the next steps right so that's when you get into these scholarships we're always talking about that could be local and state level scholarships you want to make sure that you have um Identify what your unmet need is so you know how much money you actually need to to get. Uh, I, I say the sky's the limit. You want to get as much as possible. But some people say, okay, I need about $4,200 more. I'm going to do this scholarship, these scholarships, and this scholarship and just hope for the best. Um, because you want to avoid taking out as many loans, you know, as possible. So we try not to get into loans, but loans you know, can be a valuable part of the educational experience. And so you want to take out loans as needed, but only as needed. And those are, you know, when I always tell students to think about the type of loans you want to take out and, you know, what your major is going to be. So what's your long-term goal? Like before the break, I was talking about choosing whether you need a two-year degree or a four-year degree or 
a doctoral degree or what your plans are. I always recommend students, if you know that you're choosing a major that's going to require you to go into your master's program or doctoral level programs, you want to try to avoid taking out as many loans as possible for undergrad because you want to have the opportunity to choose your graduate degree programs freely and not be restricted by how many loans that you've already taken out, right? So you can max out on your loans and it always happens to students. So consider where you, where your plans are going to take you. So you want to go to medical school. doesn't make sense to take out twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 worth of loans per year to have to pay for medical school in the next seven, eight years uh, where you'd have to be paying out hundred, dollars $200,000. It doesn't make sense. So you want to make the best decision for you, knowing what you can contribute. Now, if you go to school on a full scholarship or if you have an opportunity to go to a school for close to free and it's a, the best bang for your buck or it's a great opportunity, I never tell students to turn down their dream school, but you just ask yourself, are you doing the work to make sure that happens? Um, scholarships often look at that unweighted GPA. I mean, they're you know when you're looking at on the national level because you're looking at weighted GPA versus unweighted, this state that you're living in weights your GPA and that GPA is going to include your quality points for IB or AP classes, um, college prep classes or dual enrollment classes. And so that weighted GPA is going to be a lot higher than that unweighted. The unweighted GPA is just straight up. If you get an A, you get four points, a B, you get three points and going forward, so on and so forth. So keep that in mind when you're looking at scholarship applications, when they're saying your average GPA is above a 3.0, they're looking for that raw unweighted GPA because especially at the national level, um, you're comparing yourself with students from across the country. Lastly, um, be, you know, open and honest with yourself about what you can contribute to the scholarship process. You know, be aware of who you are. So if, if a scholarship is saying, you know, this scholarship is for a minority student, well, Personally, I don't particularly use the word minority, but you you know there are they are basically looking for a demographic of people. Uh, any individual belonging to one of the following categories: Black or African American, Hispanic, Latino, Asian, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, American Indian, or Alaska Native can fall in those categories. And it depends on where you are. So there's not necessarily a shortage of Asian students who are at the higher ed level. So a lot of times when you're looking at um, what colleges mean for minority students. They may be looking for students of color, black or African-American, Hispanic, um, or Latino, Native Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander, and, you know, Alaska Native or American Indian, and they may not consider that. So definitely take advantage of every opportunity to apply for scholarships, but be honest with who you are. So that could mean that you could be biracial or of mixed race, and you want to apply for those scholarships, take advantage of that. Um, you want to use you know, what you have and what you know to your advantage to get as much scholarship money as possible. I'm not saying tell a lie, but I am saying (laughs) do your best to get the scholarship money. Um, We want to make sure that we have given you all the information that you need in order to be successful. So definitely, um, if you have more questions about that, feel free to ask us um, on social media. And we'll do a live show hopefully sooner or later when we get Miss M back in here and we're ready to go. Um, as far as your GPA is concerned, I want to tell you about scholarships that you receive in the freshman year that are going to require you to have the same GPA, like a renewal GPA. And so that renewal GPA um, is centered around, you know, you making sure that you have the same GPA 
going forward. So, you know, with our life scholarship in the state of South Carolina, you have a three, you have to have above a 3.0 to receive the scholarship and you have to maintain that that GPA above a 3.0 in order to keep the scholarship. Okay. So you want to make sure, you know, even with our hope scholarship, so you may not, you may have, to, you may have a 3.0, but you may not be in the top 30% of your class, or you may not have the high enough test score to receive the hope scholarship. I mean, to receive the life scholarship, but you get one year of the hope. The hope is $2,800. But if you have a 3.0 while you have the hope scholarship, you can receive the life scholarship. And after that, that's $5,000 per year, um, you know, until you graduate. So keep that in mind. A lot of scholarships are connected to your performance once you get to college. And I've had so many students to lose scholarships based on um, just not being able to maintain that GPA without all the freedom that college can bring. Uh, those of you taking dual enrollment classes, keep in mind that your dual enrollment classes will affect your lottery scholarship. So if you have to have at least a 3.0 in college, that GPA, whatever you're bringing from these dual enrollment classes you're taking in high school is averaged in, and you want to make sure that you keep your GPA up. So don't just take a lot of classes just because. Um, if you're not going to have an A or a B, then it's going to be very difficult for you to maintain um, that life scholarship going forward. You want to put yourself in the best situation once you get to college because it's a little bit more difficult when you're out of your parents' house and having to uh, maintain all that discipline by yourself. Um, with that said, I just want to make sure you have answered any questions. If you have them, you can ask at Pay Scholarship Academy. Again, like I said, Miss M is kind of off the radar as she um, serves as a counselor to her students and kind of counselors herself. You know, grief has no timeline. So those of you who can or are praying people, take time to pray for the families affected by this tragedy. And we'll see you next time.